staff room. Hello and welcome to the staff room podcast brought to you by the Institute for Education at Barspar University. I'm Professor Kate Reynolds, Dean of Barspar Institute for Education. This episode we're talking to Dr Joe Walsh about his research paper with Jermaine Ravallier, Working Conditions and Stress in the English Education System. What teachers report their major stresses are, what effects this is having, how education compares to other sectors and what schools and training providers can do to help. I'm Joe Walsh. I'm a senior lecturer in psychology at Bath Spa University and I've done some studies on teachers. So you wrote a paper last year yeah. on stress in the workplace for teachers. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a bit more about the context and background of that? Yeah, sure. So we, myself and a colleague, Jermaine Ravallier, who's also in psychology, were essentially interested in looking at how stress affects people within organisations. So it wasn't initially like a teacher study, if you like. It, it was originally based on the idea that the place you work has an impact on how much stress you're under, or there are factors within your workplace that can affect how much stress you're under. Um, so it all started with essentially a conversation which kind of went something like, we need to find a bunch of stressed people. And I said, my wife was a teacher, and I said, well, teachers are always stressed, so we'll start there sort of thing. And so we went into, into it with sort of that mindset to see whether or not teachers and schools specifically were affecting the way teachers experience stress and that kind of thing. That was the idea. Now, in terms of why stress is important, you know, there's a number of reasons. Um, the first is, just more broadly, stress is a really important or is a major cause of workplace absence in employment in general. So at the moment, it's the third leading cause of any absence in the workplace in any sector of employment. So it's really damaging and it causes a lot of lost working hours. And obviously, for organisations, it's damaging because they, they have to cover those people or they have to pay money and that costs them. Um, in sort of cover and stuff like that um, and it's also damaging for the people who are under the stress because it can have some pretty nasty effects on physical and mental health. So that was one of the sort of the sort of reasons why we're interested in stress. In terms of teachers, teachers have one of the highest workplace absence rates and workplace stress reports in general so they're, they're normally considered quite a stressed group fairly anecdotally um, and we know that for various reasons like changes to teaching as a profession, uh, cuts to education funding, the amount of t- work teachers are expected to do, that kind of thing, have ramped up the amount of stuff they're being asked to do and, and have also ramped up because of that the stress that they're experiencing. And on top of that um, there's a major issue at the moment in teaching training with regards to attrition and the number of and retention so the number of teachers that leave teaching within five years is really high as obviously that means we need more teachers trained or we don't have enough teachers trained at the moment so there's a recruitment shortage in teachers overall and one of the reasons for that poor retention rate is, is probably the amount of stress they're under and the amount of stuff they're being asked to do. We wanted to know whether or not there was something that schools were doing or could do to make that situation better for teachers. What did you find was contributing to stress the most teachers? So we found a few quite different results. I should probably go back to the method of the study itself mm. because that's kind of where they come from. So we used something called the Management Standards Indicator Tool, which is a measure of oh, it's a measure of an organisation and it can work in any organisation, it's quite a general tool. Um, which looks at how certain factors within the organisation, how good they are, so the quality of those things. So it's things like how much demand they place on the people who work for the organisation, um, the amount of control those people are given over their jobs and workload, the amount of support they get from managers and peers, the quality of their relationships, 
the clarity of their job role and any changes to their job role as well. So there's sort of seven indicators that we use that measure the quality of an organisation and how it looks after its employees, essentially. And alongside that, we had a measure of stress. So that was really just a measure of how stressed people are. Both were questionnaires. We also did something which included the role of parent and student behaviour, because teachers obviously have to deal with a lot of quite negative behaviour um, from students and parents, potentially, as well. Um, so we looked at all that stuff, and, and we sort of gathered data from something like... 3,000 teachers, I think it was, by the end of it, or that variously got reduced down. But we started with a lot of teachers. And we looked at how each of those factors um, predict stress, so how, the extent to which those predict and, and tell you how much stress someone is in. And what we found was that, um, so first off, the biggest contributor to stress for teachers is, unsurprisingly, the amount of work they're being asked to do. So job demand was a huge factor for them. Predicted some ridiculous amount of stress. Overall, we predicted something like 30% of the stress that teachers are experiencing based purely on the organisation they're working for, which is quite worrying in a way. But certainly demand was really important. We also found that... Um, quality of managerial support was predicting stress so normally that means low quality managerial support predicts higher stress and obviously higher quality predicts lower stress so managers have a really important role here and so there were the sort of two main findings we also found that there were differences in primary and secondary school teachers so primary school teachers were much more likely to report just demand was a, was a major stressor for them. Secondary school teachers, probably because they're working in larger organisations, obviously secondary schools are normally bigger than primary schools, so they're normally reporting that managerial support is a more important factor, probably because they have more managers and that kind of thing. So they were really important. We also found that a lot of teachers experienced a lot of negative behaviour from parents and students. Something like 30% of teachers were reporting some kind of abusive behaviour from a parent every month, at least once a month, and it was similar rates for students, although the rate was much higher in primary school teachers, which we assume is because in primary school, because of the nature of the pick-up and drop-off system that a lot of primary schools operate, they have more direct contact with the parents in particular, so there's more of a chance for parents to come over and be more abusive in person, if you like. Whereas secondary school teachers reported being abused more online, so either by email or through social media. Um, but either way, it was a very high rate. You know, like I say, it was 20 to 30% for both of them. And unsurprisingly as well, that did, to an extent, predict how much stress they're in. That's interesting, because that's just two things that you'd never have in most jobs. Yeah, they're completely yeah. unique to teaching, which mm. is... Well, demand isn't, but certainly, yeah, the, the way that teachers are expected to deal with parents and their students and students and obviously parents' children is something that you don't get in other professions. And the thing that we're sort of interested in doing at the moment is is looking at the extent to which teachers are trained to deal with those kinds of situations. Because one of the things that we've been told is that in teacher training it's relatively rare to have a formalised system of training in how you deal with parents and students. A lot of training seems to be focused on making good classroom teachers. So we tend to get good quality teachers, but that doesn't mean we've got teachers who are prepared to deal with the stuff that goes on outside of the classroom as well as perhaps they could be. And we've spoken as well, again quite anecdotally, but we are currently doing the the sort of formalised research side of it as well, to teachers who've said during their training it was really potluck if they got a chance to deal with those kinds of situations. So if they didn't, if at no point they had an abusive parent interact with them whilst they were training, 
they functionally didn't have any training in that in that area. So when they became a teacher, it was a new thing or it was something that they weren't really prepared for in the way that they were for, you know, classroom student behaviour, which they're normally better prepared for, and just the nature of teaching information to students. They're very good at that and they're very well trained for that. Mm. But without first-hand experience, it's really hard to deal with parents with strong opi- opinions or abusive parents and that kind of thing. And again, it's, it's, it's sort of a weird disparity as well because we expect a lot of teachers. And that's the other thing, that, like I say, with the fact that they're being asked to do a lot. Job demand is very high among teachers. And we're asking them to do a lot of stuff which is kind of beyond what they're trained to do as well, which in itself is kind of a... It, it feels quite unfair. From the outside looking in, obviously, it feels quite unfair. Um, and, and teachers end up doing a lot of stuff in general, much of which they aren't necessarily formally trained to do. How do you find teaching compared to other sectors? So on the... MSIT standards, so just on the, on the sort of quality of organisations they're working for. On all of them, fortunately in that measure, we have benchmarks from other sectors. So we have sort of benchmark scores that tell us what to expect for things like job control and stuff like that. Um, and teachers were worse than something like 90% of organisations for quality of, for things like job clarity, job uh, role demand and that kind of thing. So they, they rated very poorly for those things, which suggests that, again, they're being asked to do a lot, probably more than people in other professions. And they're also not necessarily receiving consistently high quality and managerial support. Now that's, that's a blanket statement, and obviously there's going to be examples of excellent managerial support. And the same is true of peer support, but overall in our sample... Normally, it was a, the reporting was that support was, was of a poorer quality than most other sectors. In our own paper, we suggested that one of the reasons for that is that managing, people in management positions in teaching are rarely just doing management positions, so many of them are still doing other roles as well, whether that's teaching roles or more complex pastoral roles. So the likelihood is they have less time for management of teachers, so it's sort of you know, mixes with the demand problem that we've already seen. They also came off with very high stress levels. So pretty much what we expected, teachers report very high stress levels in general, normally higher than most other people. And again, in comparison to benchmark scores, very high stress. Not surprising. Anything that was surprising? Um, Yeah, so, well, the thing, I think, it's not so much surprising, but it was quite shocking. Um, So one of the things we found particularly shocking was the rate of abusive behaviour that they are subject to. Um, like I say, it was something like a quarter to a third of teachers are reporting regular abuse. It's not just incidents or, you know, one or two extreme incidents of abusive behaviour. It's consistent monthly or even weekly abusive behaviour from either students or teachers. Um, and that was consistent across all, all types of teachers that we studied. Um, so we had primary and secondary teachers and we also had um, college educators, so college level teachers essentially. Um, and for the most part, all of them were consistently reporting some pretty strong negative behaviours, consistent negative behaviours from the people around them. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, we actually had a measure of, of hours disparity. So that's a measure of how many working hours teachers are either contracted to do or, in some cases, expect to do per week, compared to how many hours they actually work. The difference between those two things is we termed hours disparity. Um, and for primary school teachers, they're on average working 21 extra hours per week. Um, secondary school teachers are 11 hours per week. Um, so there's this huge extra workload that teachers are having. And again, obviously that's going to be related to the amount of job demand they have because they're being asked to do a lot and that's taking up their time. If, if a job is asking you to do a huge number of hours on top of your working hours, so 21 hours per week, that's four hours a day, in addition to 
what you were either contracted to do and so what you're paid to do um, or what you expected to do when you entered the profession and I think that's quite a shocking statistic. In any other job these things would be considered utterly crazy and the other thing that we found quite strange within teachers is that we know they're a resilient group so normally teachers they almost expect some of these behaviours or they're, they're certainly built to deal with these and they deal with them very well in the vast majority of cases. Whether they should have to deal with them is, is obviously a different question. But certainly many teachers take these as stuff that is part of their job, which is very admirable because they're doing an amazing job and they have all this stuff to do. But should they have to do it is, is the kind of the moral question, I suppose, which we don't really have an answer for. Do you think you can balance that out with well-being and peer support? Yeah, I think so. Certainly... The sort of the available evidence suggests that everyone, well, obviously, everyone experiences stress. For one, then you, they will never have a stress-free life. The nature of it is that you can, if something happens, you have coping mechanisms, you have strategies to get through these things. Many workplaces, and I don't doubt many schools, have some really good strategies in place. Whether that means supporting uh, staff well-being, whether it means having great managers who support people really well, whether it means having people who step in during those sort of really negative behaviours from parents or teachers, you know, senior staff who are more able to deal with that or more experienced. Those things are undoubtedly in place. Um, again, we've spoken to a lot of schools who say they have things like continued uh, CPD things in wellbeing and health and things. A lot of schools that we've spoken to are doing things around things like um, getting teachers to engage in mindfulness practice and training like that, so to sort of, you know, bring down stress levels and to, to deal and cope with it better. Um, we know student behaviour can be mitigated, or the negative impact of having difficult students can be mitigated with things like just experience of dealing with those things, and also good managerial support. And, you know, just having a positive work environment can be really helpful. The nature of it is that schools are being asked to do a lot, so I think it's difficult to foster a really positive working environment in any place that has a lot of pressure on it. One thing that we are suggesting, or one thing that we're working towards, is looking into the possibility of including maybe a more formalised training system for, to help teachers from day one training, getting teachers to be more aware of things like mental health and physical health, and getting them to be more trained in, in well-being exercises before they even become teachers, essentially, so during training, is there any value in training them alongside all the great stuff people do about pedagogy and, and how to teach? Should we be teaching teachers how to, how to sort of look after themselves in that world as well? Because I think a lot of, at the moment, a lot of trainers assume that that's going to come through placements. So just, you know, personal experience of working in those environments. And yeah, that's good. But whether or not they're providing formalised training of how to look after yourself, how to deal with these challenging student and, teach, and parent behaviours and stuff like that, for the most part, isn't covered in the same way that things like pedagogy and classroom teaching practices are taught in during, say, PGCE years and that kind of thing. Um, so maybe having something more formalised there and more effective there would be useful. Um, and like I say, many schools have really good CPD stuff on wellbeing. It's been shown to be really effective. In other organisations, outside of just schools, it's been shown to be effective as well. So there's definitely a possibility of having, you know, Great managerial support can buffer you against negative impacts of demand and, con and how much control you have over your job and things like that. Um, and I think, you know, this is something that I'm sure many schools are doing and that could probably be done 
more in many places as well because it would be it would be beneficial for the staff and obviously not losing those staff to stress will mean cut costs for the schools and will help them to make more consistent education experiences for students and everything else whether or not that's easy to do it's not it's really hard to do especially with like you know limited education funding and stuff like that tend not to leave because they don't like teaching. Exactly. So so few teachers. By the time I think by the time you've done a full year of teaching in PGC, you know whether you like teaching. Mm. The sad thing about the attrition rate is many teachers leave not because they don't like teaching, but because they don't like the things that they have to do around teaching, or because the things they have to do around teaching are genuinely harming them, whether that's through mental or physical health. The nature of stress is it's harmful for many people, especially extreme levels of stress. So having to do all that stuff on top of the thing you enjoy is really hard very few people leave teaching because they don't enjoy it most well the actual teaching bit i would say most people probably leave teaching because of the stuff they have to do around classroom teaching the link to this paper can be found in the episode notes thanks again to joe walsh if you've enjoyed this or any of our previous episodes Please subscribe to The Staff Room via iTunes or SoundCloud and follow us on Twitter at barspar underscore IFE. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email us at ife at barspar.ac.uk. See you next time. The Staff Room is brought to you by the Institute for Education at Bath Spa University. It is presented by Dr. Kate Reynolds. We know a lot about education at the IFE. We've been educating students, teachers, and other education professionals since the 1940s. As educationalists, we work in the classroom and other settings across the world, providing the highest quality teaching and research with over 600 partners, including schools, colleges, early year settings, and anywhere where learning takes place. Over 600 undergraduates study with us each year alongside over 500 student teachers and an increasing number of post-grad students, all committed to building created, connected education communities focused on bringing theory and research to quality education practice. For more info, visit www.bathspa.ac.uk forward slash schools forward slash education or catch us on Twitter at bathspa underscore IFE. And remember, be creative, educate.